everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Money in 20, a podcast by your friends at Woodward Financial Advisors. Uh, my name is Victor Colella, certified financial planner and a wealth advisor here at Woodward Financial Advisors, and I'm joined today by Jim Miller. So Jim is the president of the firm and also a certified financial planner and advisor here. Jim, how's it going? Doing great, Vic. Thanks for having me. I know this is one of the hottest tickets in town being on this podcast, so I appreciate the invite. <laughs> it's not a very large town, but we'll take the compliment. Um, <laughs> so, so Jim, we're here to talk about uh, a very relevant topic, it turns out, which is all-time highs in the market. So if you ever watch the financial news, you've heard all-time highs and you've heard it recently. So uh, while we were planning to have this conversation, uh, we looked and said, when was the most recent all-time high? It was a couple of weeks ago in mid to late October. But Jim, as we sit here right now today, on the 2nd of November in 2021, the markets are at all-time highs, right? That's right. Yeah, the Dow is over 36,000 as of this afternoon, and the S&P is at 4,600. Both of those would be all-time closing highs. Well, this actually, it plays into our, our message, uh, but we'll come back to that. So the way that we're going to structure this today, it's going to be a, a, a conversation. So we have this conversation a lot. Uh, clients and prospective clients and just folks we talk to at a barbecue say, wow, the markets have been going crazy now. It's all-time highs. Is it a good time to get in the market? So we're going to really address three different questions today. So one is now the right time to invest in the market. The second being, you know, the market can't go up forever, can it? You know, what, what goes up must come down. My dog, Junie, just made an appearance here. So if you heard some, some caller shaking, that was her. Special guest. Yep, special podcast guest. Cameo. Um, and then lastly, if, if I'm too scared to dive into the market, what are my options? But... Uh, before Junie jumps in again or or anything like that, I have to you know throw out our disclaimer, which is that none of what we're about to say today is meant to be individual advice for your situation. And, and it's important we say that because everyone has a different financial situation, life situation, whatever the case may be. So this is meant to be educational. It's meant to give you some things to think about. And if you're looking for specific investment-related, tax-related, or estate planning related advice or anything else for that matter, you know, go find those professionals in your life and, and have that conversation. So having said that, Jim, shall we dive into the first question? Yeah. So is now the right time to invest, which yep. is both a timely question and a very valid question that we hear somewhat frequently from friends or clients. Um, but I guess I would start with what does that question really mean when you hear that? When someone asks if now is a good time to invest in the market or to be in the market, I think what they're really saying is, I really don't want to invest and then have the market go down, right? It, it's sort of coming from a place of worry. And as investors, our assumption is that stocks have a positive expected return at any point in time. So whether or not we're at a record high or not, there wouldn't be investors in the market if stocks didn't have a, in a positive expected return for the future. So by asking that question of whether now is the right time to invest, I think they're implying that there's an alternative out there to being 
to being invested right now that makes sense. And when we look around, we know that going to cash or being in fixed income doesn't make a lot of sense right now with interest rates near zero. So they're asking whether, essentially, whether they can time the market to avoid the bad, but still get the good. And we know the good is positive expected returns in the future. So to answer the question, let's start by maybe talking about why investors can't successfully time the market, and then we can get into why they don't actually have to be able to do so. Does that make sense, Vic? Yeah, it, it does. And it's worth it's worth noting that, you know, giving recent market highs is often ha- how this conversation starts. It makes it seem like rarefied air, like we're at the mountaintop and that never happens. But there is one statistic that I think Jim and I both talked about, which is that we'll, we'll take the S&P 500 as an example. If you go back to when the S&P 500 started, which was, I think, 1926, there's about 94, 95 years of data there. And if you took the end, you know, the end of the month, each of those months and said, was it a uh, was it a, a month that had an all time high or didn't? In 30 percent of those months, so in 30 percent of those samples, there was an all time high. So that doesn't seem to me like a uh, sort of this rarefied air, something that rarely happens. I mean, we accidentally found ourselves recording this podcast on a day with an all-time high. What are the odds? Well, we know the odds. They're <laughs> about 30%. three and 10. Yeah, right. So so I, I wanted to just start with that and saying it's not as rare as you think. And then, Jim, I really think that conversation about market timing is is important here in alternatives. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it, we're not in this, we're not in uncharted territory. I mean, I guess we are because it's the most recent all-time high, but it's happened literally hundreds of times over the last few decades. So um, the market timing aspect of this question, the data shows that investors can't time the market successfully consistently. We know that. And the reasons why are really pretty straightforward when you think of them. First and foremost, you have to be right more than once. It's not just a matter of when to get out of the market, but then when is the exact right time to get back in? Either one of those things is hard to do on its own, but pulling off both is nearly impossible. So being right twice, we know, is virtually impossible. Um, But beyond that, there are other things that are working against you. First being trading costs. So the market timing involves a lot more trading and those fees eat into your returns over time. Market timing also has the possibility of having your tax situation uh, change dramatically. So if you're doing a lot of trading in a taxable account, for example, you pay capital gains taxes, those taxes eat into your after-tax returns. So fees working against you, taxes working against you. And last, and maybe actually most importantly, there's an opportunity cost to being out of the market. So if you time it wrong and the market takes off, it's really hard to make up those returns. And I think perfect example in recent memory would be March of 2020. So when COVID was coming onto the scene worldwide, the market was plummeting. Well, the bottom of the market was actually in late March 2020. And then it turned around on a dime. There was no signal that this was the bottom. There was no reason for that to be the bottom at the moment, we thought. 
But if you look at the S&P 500, as of today, it's up about 100% from that bottom. So there's a huge opportunity cost to being out of the market. And I always think back to the great Peter Lynch's quote on this when, when thinking about opportunity cost. And this is probably not exact, but far more mar- money has been lost by investors preparing for corrections than lost in corrections themselves. So yeah, that always is in the back of my mind when I hear that question too. Jim, and we, and we so often will hear, not from clients who work with us, hopefully, uh, because we try and coach around this quite a lot, but uh, prospective clients are just folks we're talking to who say, I got out of the market just in time before COVID. I saw the writing on the wall and I, I sold everything to cash, probably incurring capital gains and trading costs in the midst of that. And then the next sentence is, I'm still in cash though, uh, which is to us heartbreaking because it's that being right twice. You can feel so good about getting out. I mean, I don't think anybody would have guessed at the bottom, specifically as it relates to the COVID-19 crash. It went down in a, in a blink of an eye and back up in the blink of an eye. And there was no prospect of a vaccine. There was no prospect. I mean we were in the thick of it and we were already hitting new all-time highs again before vaccines even came out. So uh, just, it's just, and all the data shows uh, you can't outguess uh, the market. It's just too random. Uh, and that's, you know, all that, what you just said, yeah. Jim, just sort of highlights that. Couldn't agree more. We're, we're all um, overconfident in our abilities to predict certain things like that. And, and then hindsight bias takes over afterwards and we it, it seems all clear, but in the moment it certainly wasn't. And in part, so we just talked about why it's impossible essentially to time the market. But the second part of that is probably more important. We don't actually need to be able to time the market. It's not important to our long-term investing success. And if we were just, I'd like to start this portion with a little bit of education. So just a little bit of data to ground ourselves in what's expected. So as investors, we should prepare ourselves for what's likely to occur with our investments in the future. So historically, a market correction. So a market correction is when the market drops from its peak 10% or more. A market correction happens historically once every 12 months over history. Right, so once a year on average, we've had a ten percent market drop from its peak. The second uh, term you hear often is bear market. So this is worse than a correction. A bear market is when the market drops twenty percent from its peak, and historically, that's happened on average every f- about four to five years. So corrections once every twelve months, bear markets every four to five years. So we go into investing with our wa- eyes wide open. Those are normal events. They've happened throughout history. So the 40-year-old, let's say the 40-year-old that's listening to this podcast today, they will likely experience 40 or 50 market corrections over the rest of their life expectancy. That would be totally normal. Or if you're a 65-year-old listening to this podcast today, maybe you just retired, you'll experience two dozen or maybe even three dozen market corrections over the rest of your lifetime. and maybe even four or five bear markets. 
that would be a totally normal occurrence. And we go into investing knowing this information. So even though we know it's likely to occur, here's why it doesn't matter. I was actually just looking at some data the other day on what is the market done return-wise right after it hit all-time highs. So just like right now, market's at an all-time high, what is it done going forward from here? And quoting the dates that you mentioned earlier, Vic, since 1926, which is really the first year we have good data on this. So coming up on 100 years of data, after the market hits an all-time high, over the next year, the average return, and this is the S&P 500, is 13.9%. So over the next year after an all-time high. So what about three years after an all-time high? Well, the S&P has averaged 10.5% per year for the next three years. And then if you go a little longer, five years after an all-time high, the market has averaged 9.9% return per year which coincidentally matches up to the long-term returns of the market, about 10%. So the, the, essentially the moral here is that the market has behaved about the same for the next five years after an all-time high as it has over history. So nothing to be alarmed about with current levels. Well, so Jim, let me, let me boil this back down a little bit. So if if we're if we have someone come to us and asking is now the right time does is it is it yes or is it no i i think that's an important thing to come back to um and i think you're working your way there but yeah yeah exactly it's always the right time i think is the short answer to that and this notion that we have this invisible ceiling that the market bumps up against and it can't go past it is inaccurate we've hit record highs as i mentioned earlier hundreds of times in the last few decades. And there's nothing that would suggest we won't hit record highs hundreds of times more in the future. So the only regret someone would probably have with a with a intermediate or long-term time horizon is that they weren't invested now when they look back. Right. And and I always like to bring it back to um you know the way that returns work. So the average return is about 10% for the S&P 500 over the very long term. Of course, anyone who's been invested knows that it doesn't happen every year you get your 10% and and you keep going. It's lumpy. It happens oftentimes all at once in an unexpected way or well, I mean it's it's something that we know happens, but you never can guess when, which comes to this market timing thing. But the really important part of it is to just be in your seat. So the right when someone says is now the right time invest to invest given market highs, the answer to that question for us typically has to do with, well, do you need cash because you have a home repair coming up? You know, do you need liquidity because you're on the market to buy a home? You need liquidity for healthcare expenses or something else that's coming up. That determines whether it's the right time to invest not uh, what the market has been doing recently. So, Jim, I'm going to use that to sort of transition into the second question, which is very intertwined with this first one, so we can go through it quickly, which is, it can't go up forever, can it? You know, what goes up must come down. Isn't that how things work? Um, so what was your response to yeah. the question? <laughs> it certainly sounds like a media headline, right? And the media is, is yeah, here I to stoke it. fears in investors. And... Um, they love, you know, 
talking about market highs and the fact that the market is going to potentially or is poised to drop, let's say. Um, but I think just to boil that question down, shares of companies are what make up the market, right? And they're not these heavy objects that we are propping up against the effects of gravity. So we just talked about the fact that stocks have a positive expected return in the future. The reason is because these companies are expected to make money, right? And as investors, we have a claim to a portion of those profits. It's either going to be through appreciation of the stock or through dividends that are being paid out. So record highs are exactly what we would expect to be happening. And that's not a... um, you know, it's not a headline or it's, it maybe sounds a little bit boring, but it's exactly what we'd expect. Okay. So Jim, having said all of that, and there's, there's a lot of data that supports that you don't have to, you know, time the market in order to take advantage of the long-term growth, which is why we invest in the first place. Still, it's, it can be a tough hurdle to clear. So if I'm too scared to dive all the way into the market today, and scared maybe not isn't the right word, but it's intimidating, especially if it's a large sum of money. What are my options? Uh, if if not all today, writing a check and buying, you know, you know, our allocation. What other options do I have? Yeah, and so even after all we've just said, if you as a client or an investor out there said, I get it but I'm still too worried to commit all of my capital at once. What can I do? Um, The data suggests you're better off being fully invested, of course, and not trying to time the market. But even if that is true, there is another alternative. We call it dollar cost averaging. Essentially, it's putting smaller amounts of money into the market at regular predetermined intervals. And maybe this is an alternative for you. It's better than deciding to stay out of the market one or two trying to time the market. So that's an option. The key though, if you are going to dollar cost average is to make sure that you decide up front that you have a certain amount you want to invest and you adhere to that interval no matter what the market is doing. So for example, if you want to invest this capital over one year and you're going to do it once a month, you divide it into one twelfth each month you invest it no matter what the market has done. So you're taking out the emotions of this and you predetermine it. The psychological benefit of this approach is that you're guaranteed to not be putting all of your market in your money in at a market peak, right? So this is an alternative that we'll talk to clients about. Might not be quite as efficient as a lump sum, but it's an option. Yeah. And if it gets you in the market, then that's That's really what matters. And I think that's a great way to end. I agree, Vic. Thanks for having me today. I enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to hopefully coming back and joining you soon. Thanks, Jim. And on that note, future topics. So we're always looking for topics from our listeners or if if you have someone you think might be interested in listening and, and they'd love to hear about a specific topic, we'll make one specific to sort of what they're looking for. The best place to go to find us is woodwardadvisors.com. When you go there, you'll see at the top of the page, there's a Let's Talk tab. Hit that, you'll be able to send us a message. And if you put podcast in the title, I'll receive it. Also, if you want to send us an email, you can email podcast at woodwardadvisors.com. And also on our website, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll see links to our Facebook and LinkedIn pages 
And you're more than welcome to reach out to us through either of those medium as well. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to you joining us next time.